everybody and welcome to the EC Method. I am one of your coaches, Chloe Maidley. And I am your other coach, Emma Story Gordon. Our goal at the EC Method is to encourage, educate and empower you to get the results that you've always wanted. Listen to our weekly podcasts, go to our website, theecmethod.co.uk or simply follow us on Instagram to get more information. <laughs> that was good timing. <laughs> Congratulations, Kerry. Now, now that the whole world knows. Well, she's she's just told everyone. It's time to celebrate Kerry's blossoming belly. Blossoming. Congratulations. Okay. Well, that was a nice way to start the live. How are you feeling? I know you've been unwell. Fine. So I feel like I should I should tell anybody who's listening to the podcast that or or watching the live that hasn't read the, the thread between me and everyone underneath it so I woke up at like seven in the morning James went to an event today um in London so he's up early um woke up had like a splitting headache and I looked at him and I was like I think I might get a migraine uh today and this by the way is because I had an anxiety attack yesterday which I feel is exactly why it happened in the first place. Thank God it wasn't a panic attack, but it wasn't great. I, I walked out of Waitrose without paying for any of my shopping because this is what happens when I have an anxiety. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God. Went back in, thank God, like they know me. And then she's like, it's fine. I just thought you forgot your wallet. I was like, no, I was literally <laughs> You know what? I've got my wallet. So I just thought I'd leave. And it'll be- <laughs> she's like, I just thought we were going to come back. Like, because thank God, like they didn't do it. She saw me leave and not pay and she didn't say anything. She was like, I have trust in, <laughs> in my people. Um, I heard it was awful and I was out of it all day and I didn't eat dinner and so it was kind of written in the stars so then then I woke up this morning James gave me he was like, oh I don't worry I've got the I've got this thing and like gave me these two pills and I took them and then I fell right back to sleep again and woke up at like eight in the morning and was like oh my god I'm gonna be sick and I didn't stop vomiting I was saying to Emma I thought but because the, it's so causal and specific and like time, it would, I thought it would pass in like an hour. It didn't, it went on to like lunchtime, but thank you guys for being patient. And I'm happy that we're here now. And yes, just so everybody knows it's called code. Let me find it. What's it Don't called? take it. Don't and take it. I think you're going to get migraine, just smash down some aspirin. Also, yeah. we don't give advice on this podcast. <laughs> everything you've said. Not everything. Um, it's, it's called co-drydromol and when I put it on there a couple of the guys in the group were like oh my god I had that once it made me sick as a dog so I just don't think you know what co makes me sick as well well if this is a different type of it and I think like tramadol makes me really sick I think some people and I'm one of them who have like sensitive stomachs like like strong painkillers like that just do not wash um so yeah that's my day experience if you're like if you didn't have dinner as well and it's like on a empty mm -mm. I wouldn't have taken like an anti-inflammatory on an empty stomach but I was like oh this will be fine it's not it was not fine um and I have a sty so everything's going really well for me um Emma how are you how's Mexico it's good it's very good it's nice it's sunny we're doing lots of work we got EIQ accredited well Amelia did she's amazing and we're just sorting out a lot of stuff. We did one webinar yesterday. We've got a women's aid webinar coming up, which I will post in the group. It's all for charity. Uh, yeah, good. Yeah. Been very productive. 
You guys look like you're killing it. And what was um? Oh, I feel like you're going back and forth as to whether you're going to stay longer or come back sooner. What is happening? Yeah, we're going to come back on. We hope the first of December. But here, British Airways so bad. Like this is really boring story, but. We've been calling them for like over a week. You can see the price of the ticket like online and they're like, just gonna, I'm going to have to call you back with a quote. And I'm like, but I can see the price. Just, just let me pay for the, no, 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 Miss Gordon. I'm going to have to call you back with a, with a, and then obviously I had hysterics about um, the phonetic alphabet <laughs> and then she couldn't hear what I was saying. <laughs> oh, it was all quite traumatic, but we still don't have flights. So now I've managed to cancel my flights back, but not book any. So I don't know when we're coming home is the answer. Well, who, who cares? Honestly, you're not missing anything here. You said you sent me a message being like, oh, we're a little bit homesick. Nothing. All it does is rain. That's it. Yeah, I think I think we did sort of rationalise that. We were like, we are a bit homesick. But then also, what would be the difference if we were at home? We're like, nothing really. <laughs> Like go go have adventures and explore. Like whenever if I like whenever I'm like away, like when I used to work abroad and stuff would work, which I used to do all the time. If I felt homesick, I would go and like take myself on a little adventure and I and it would just always distract me and then put me back in the right headspace. So well, Amelia the- has a plan for me, which I will tell you after the live. <laughs> okay, fine. Okay, so let's get to the questions. We're gonna do a slightly shorter one tonight, guys, obviously because it's you know, evening. Um but not by too much. I'm not going to shortchange you. Um, okay, so Jenny Miller. I was listening to an old podcast from earlier in the year on this, and the subject of collagen came up. I was interested to hear about it being good for connective tissue. I have a history and of issues with ligaments and tendons, um, Osgood schlatters in childhood, various tendinopathy, tendinopathies. <laughs> like, tendinopathies. <laughs> Tendinopathy. That's like the macrowave. <laughs> Tendinopathies. Um, tendinopathies, which have no identifiable triggers. I am hypermobile and I've struggled with my lower back and my and hip issues for years. NHS investigations have drawn a blank. I know that it's hard to say, but I'm wondering whether collagen might be a beneficial for me and if so where to find a good source thank you yes I would say it is a supplement that you might benefit from um so absolutely try it um give it a few months and see um listen to our podcast episode with Paul McGee he's a bit of a g when it comes to some of the issues that you say that you have and he has some really incredible client success stories under his belt and if you're interested um you can search him on who i follow on instagram paul mcgee and reach out to him and see if he's got some treatment that can help you because i would guess that he does and he can emma yeah i you can try collagen it's almost like i don't want to be negative here but it's almost definitely not going to have a huge impact especially if you've struggled with this for such a long time and you have things like hypermobile joints which are potentially causing you pain as well it's not going to fix that um it's probably not going to do you any harm to try it for a period of time and as Chloe's saying like set a period of time monitor these things so you know if it's working or not like have a chart of and I would start now like okay what are my pain what is my pain like have a bit of a diary of that and now I'm starting taking collagen let's do it for six weeks or a couple of months and see if it's like see if you notice any difference and then yeah. maybe just take it out again I think this is the problem with a lot of people like 
supplements are only ever usually going to have a tiny effect which you probably barely even notice you certainly won't notice them if you're not tracking like the outcome that you're looking for so make sure that you are like keeping a bit of a diary to see if there's actually any impact because there's no point taking stuff that's not working and you're wasting a whole load of money yeah i agree that it's very unquantifiable so emma's suggestion of you know maybe writing you know maybe just once a week go in and do a check-in with your body and watch your feedback saying how are you feeling that make it as quantifiable as, as possible is a very good idea great advice okay um kiara taylor why do we need to eat more to gain muscle um well you may or you may not do um it kind of depends on a few factors um if you have a, a if you're brand new to training um you, you probably don't need to eat too really too much more of a maintenance to to start to kind of really stimulate that muscle and, and see hypertrophy or hypertrophy um, occur. If you've got a lot of body fat that is stored calories on your body. So uh, again, we don't necessarily need to eat in a surplus. If you're very lean or you've been training for a long period of time, yes, it is a good idea to eat in a very small surplus because remember that the rate at which your body will um, gain body fat is rapid. The rate at which your body can um, build muscle is incredibly slow and and the main thing as well that you need to do is to nail your training um but you but it's mass it's adding mass to your body and you can't create mass out of thin air you need energy to do it you need a source to do that from so that that's like why when i say if you have added body fat it's not too much of a problem to you know to be really stimulating that muscle nailing your protein you don't really need to be eating really that much over maintenance if you're talking about someone who's very lean you, you need you need to be fueling this additional mass to occur um and that's that's why it doesn't you know i can't just magic something up out of thin air and it's the same with your body emma yeah i think you nailed it like it takes energy to build tissue and that counts as fat tissue or muscle tissue so being in a huge deficit will mean that it's harder to build muscle it's not impossible under certain circumstances as Chloe's saying especially if you have very full fat cells which are kind of reluctant to take on any more energy and then you've got these newly stimulated muscle cells which are like yeah I want to like they're very sensitive to the stimulation of exercise when like that's only ever going to be a finite period of time you can't stay in that period because the more that you exercise kind of the more stimulus is required and the less sensitive these like these muscle fibers are now so there is like a finite period and then you probably want to be sitting around maintenance if you're looking to optimize building muscle maybe in a slight surplus depending on how lean you are to start with mm. yeah agreed Okay, Jenny Pickett, 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 I don't know. Hi, so this may be your stupid question of the day. Guys, there are no stupid questions. This is my first hand, so excuse my ignorance, but I'm really interested in understanding this. If fat weighs X kg, why doesn't this always show on the scales when you are losing it? I'm really intrigued by this. Thank you, ladies. So the weighing scales are weighing... The, an analogy that we always use is well we i've used it once or twice and emma thinks it's hilarious it's like the weighing scale so what, the weighing who scale, weighs something is that what you're about to say who weighs the weighing scales are weighing absolutely everything 
inside of your body um absolutely everything and this goes down from you know lean tissue we're talking you know bones you know muscle mass organs you know absolutely everything you can think of we're then talking fat mass um you know you've got subcutaneous subcutaneous fat you know uh, visceral fat you've then got your food volume food food that is you know in your um in your in your intestine in your gi tract sorry which is you know still sitting inside of you you've got glycogen storage which is converted from carbohydrates that will pull on water you talk you hold on to more or less water depending on what's going on with your body your diet um, hormones stress mental stress physical stress the, the scales are measuring all of this and at any one time even if you are uh linear let's say linearly you are losing fat at any one time all those other things that i've mentioned can be fluctuating so you can still see it go up or down or up or down even if you are actually losing fat week on week um emma has a, a really nice um terminology and way that she likes to talk about this so i'll let her pick it up but it's not just measuring body fat acutely that's not what the scales are measuring so you have to take everything else into account and understand that it is going to be your body is constantly in flux every hour of every day it is in flux so that's why we like to take your lowest weekly weigh-in and then we look for a monthly trend because you're not going to get accurate data day to day or even week to week emma well firstly i think that was an excellent answer i think <laughs> one point that is really good to hammer home is that fat loss generally is quite linear weight loss is not yeah. And so fat loss can quite easily be masked on the scales and it will be. And even if you look at the size of these things, right, the scales aren't sensitive enough to measure fat loss day on day. Like if you're, you were in a 500 calorie deficit every single day for a week, you'd, you'd create about a 3,500 calorie deficit, which is the equivalent to roughly one pound of fat, assuming that you're losing all fat and no mm -hmm. lean tissue at all. So all of those assumptions, if you're looking for like how much fat you lost in a day, it's one seventh of a pound. There's <laughs> no way that you can measure that accurately on any kind of scale. Like literally it's like probably, I don't know if people can see how much water's in there, but like that's probably about like the weight. So if you have like two sips of water, you could completely like negate the fat loss that you're gonna see on the scales. It's just not a sensitive enough measure. And I think the question we always get off the back of that is, okay, well, how do I measure my body fat percentage? You don't, you don't need to know these things. You don't need to have numbers for everything. You just okay. need to focus on the trends over time. So you're creating a deficit over time. That means that energy has to come from somewhere. The way that your body stores energy is in fat tissue. So you're gonna take some of that and you're gonna use it for energy. That's how you lose body fat, but it happens over time, like day to day, barely anything happens. So try not to think of it in that way. And I think as much as we talk about this all the time, people still have such a short-term mentality around energy balance. Your body is composed, like the way that you are now is a representation of all the energy you've expended throughout your life and all the energy you've intaked throughout your life. Like it happens over time. So yeah, try not to think of it in such a small, yeah. um, short fluctuation kind of thing. And also just to touch on one of those points that Emma made and, and really magnify it, you know, step back a bit and give it a bit of a bird's eye view. Your life is always in flux. The ergo, your body is always going to be in flux. So when you guys panic, 
that, you know, you've gone on holiday and you've gained two pounds. So what? You went on holiday. You gained two pounds. Who cares? Like, this is life here, you know. When, and I want everybody to really start to think about that. You don't have to look exactly the same. And it's never going to happen. It's completely unrealistic. And believe us, when we tell, maybe if you were in prison, you, you'd probably have a very similar physique for a prolonged period of, life, uh, of time. Your body being in flux, and I don't mean pendulum swinging, obviously, but somewhere like in a range, it's probably reflective of you having quite a full life and being a human being at the end. Like, don't forget, this is the human experience here. We are, our human experiences, it should not be completely pinpointed by can we stay in X shape for the rest of our lives? How boring, how fucking boring would your life be? So everybody just, exactly what Emma's saying, and, and just like I said, to give it a bit of a bigger picture, get comfortable with the fluctuations because it, that's life. And, you know, like I say, it'll be pretty shit if, um, yeah, like I say, it'd be indicative of a prison sentence. If you were to look exactly the same on day one as you would, you know, in day one, year 10. Yeah, I think that, yeah, exactly that. Like you could live a ridiculously regiment, regimented life and eat the exact same thing every single day at the exact same time every single day. And yet then, the weight might be relatively stable. You'd probably still have hormonal fluctuations. So probably still wouldn't be exactly stable and your body would look slightly different at different times of the month. But unless you want to live like that, then you're going to have to accept that there are fluctuations and there are like seasons of your life as well. Even seasons of the year where you're like, do you know what? Christmas is coming up and I don't mind that I'm going to put on three pounds because I am completely sure that I know how to lose it now. And I think once you've done that and once you've achieved it in a way that you understand rather than by sticking to a horrible, like, I don't know, low carb diet or just drinking juice plus or something over restrictive. Once you really understand energy balance and you've seen it work for you, then the stress around putting on a little bit of weight isn't so stressful because you're like, yeah, okay, I've put on three pounds, but if I choose to lose that, I've proven to myself I can do it. I've done it before and I can do it again if I decide I want to do that. And I think that's probably, yeah, just a, just a much nicer place to be. Um, Kan Chan has just commented, what you look like is the least interesting thing about you. Yeah. Ain't yeah, and I think Liz has commented under it saying, yes, you're so right, no one else cares. And you're right with that. Like you are the person who thinks the most about your body. And actually, if you think about that in a roundabout way, like if you're someone who body checks the whole time, who is constantly obsessed with the way they look, who is worried about food, like you're limiting yourself in the other things that your brain can think about and turning up better for other people. And it's actually in a way kind of a selfish thing because you're constantly thinking about yourself instead of having the mental capacity to think about others. Yeah, it is so selfish. I find, and I, and I, I don't mean this, I understand like that it's not intentional, but like, you know, like, and I'm sure Emma and I'm sure Amelia and anyone who works in our industry can really relate to this and commiserate. When you go to a wedding or you go to a celebration or you go to an event and you sit down next to someone and they're like, how do I lose weight? And it's so, and again, like, I totally understand that it's coming from a place of like, oh, now I'm sat next to a professional, now is my time. But it is, it's quite selfish and it's quite draining because there's so much more to life and there's more to our life. Like we're not on the clock and it's like, this isn't at all to like shame anybody, but it's like, it's just something to think about, like constantly projecting onto other people, like the importance of how you look. And I do get how ironic this is coming from people like Emma and I, and even Amelia, like people who work in, in body image. 
I do get how ironic it is, but like if that's the sole thing that you have to talk about and that's the sole thing you have to think about, and I know because I've been I've been that girl, 100%, that was me. It's really shit for the people around you, really shit. And it, yeah, it's, yeah, exactly what Kanchan says. There's, there's a lot more interesting things to think about and talk about than, than how your body looks. Yeah, and I think once you come out the other side of that, you realise like how much more productive and interesting you can be in the rest of your life when you've got, all of this brain energy that you can use for other areas like Amelia does this great thing on EIQ where she like does a pie chart and it shows like how much time are you spending um thinking about your body and she's actually just done a little type form thing Amelia how much like people were saying they spend 85 percent of the time thinking about the body or something like some people are doing this form and filling it out and saying that they spend like 80 to 100 percent of the time thinking about their body like how much does that impact your whole entire life if that's so much of your brain energy and it's just so freeing once you kind of move past that and and it does take like it's not just like you can snap out of it I'm not like almost like victim blaming like if that's you you're selfish and you need to change but it takes a lot of work it absolutely does and it takes a lot of support and it takes a hell of a lot of reassurance but once you do come out the other side of it and you're like oh okay like look at all this like love and energy and thought and whatever I have to give to every other aspect of my life 100% it's so it's such important work I saw on Amelia's story I feel so bad for Kate Moss it's like the webinar that we did I stuck Kate Moss in there the webinar that you guys doing you stuck Kate Moss in there and I was like poor Kate Moss she's a victim of her genetics and then I was like no actually she said that stupid thing about nothing tastes as good as skinny feels and I was like oh you asked for it <laughs> yeah but didn't she come out and say that she didn't like she regret saying that yeah I do feel a bit bad for her she seems like quite a cool chick to be honest <laughs> and we're just like the face of beauty she was like those old shots of her that Mario Testino took I mean I know we're saying that how you look is the least interesting thing about you but Kate Moss back in the day Jesus <laughs> the genetics on it yeah yeah um, um commented saying groove armada if everybody looked the same we get tired of looking at each other either i either you've sung it so badly that i don't recognize it or i just don't know the song sure you must know that song i think it might have been me singing it so badly do you want me (laughs) (laughs) no i won't do it again you've missed it i'm gonna look for it after um and under that um, comment, Lucy Ponton has written, muscle weighs more than fat, I believe. Another myth that we should probably bust while we're here. Let's bust it, babe. Bust it. A pound is a pound is a pound is a pound. A pound of muscle weighs the exact same as a pound of fat. However, muscle is denser, it takes up less space. Fat is much more <laughs> globally. <laughs> that is the scientific word. Globally. That's just more globally. So um yeah. What's the word I'm looking for? There's a word for it. Takes up more. Well, yeah, it takes up more space. Yeah, but what I mean about the consistency, uh, let me find it. Um, but yeah, that is a common misconception. And and, and do you know what's interesting as well? Like people, I think the first time I heard someone explain this was that like um, a brick that weighs two kilograms is the same as feathers that weigh two kilograms and I was like oh because you think feathers are light but yeah 
anyway they weigh the same but but you'd see like I don't know a pound of fat might look like this and a pound of muscle might look much smaller so I have a new one think of it like raw spinach the steamed spinach yes 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 uh, okay except Anything? you can't change fat into muscle I mean yeah this is another myth we should probably do now there's no such thing as like my muscle has turned to fat my fat has turned to muscle this is like saying my water has turned into a candle these are two different forms right, Jesus, of turning water into wine there's no shape shifting of mass here okay and so I just think everybody needs to stop saying that <laughs> what we got um oh someone's saying my husband walked in the kitchen and joined in with you Emma so you can't have been that bad take that Chloe fucking all right ganging up on me fucking all right you're the one who said that I actually could sing Oh, you actually can sing. She actually can. And Emma's got a real chip on her shoulder about people that can sing. So the fact that she can actually sing was quite a shock to me when I finally heard it. It was a special time. Okay, Katie, can I get your thoughts on taking pre-workout? I'm going to gym fasted in the morning and only have a small black coffee beforehand. Am I likely to be able to push myself harder with a pre-workout? I honestly wouldn't take a pre-workout with coffee fasted. Sick. yeah you'll probably feel really sick like having a lot of caffeine on an empty stomach again for me and I clearly have quite quite an issue with being sick um <laughs> it's quite guaranteed to make you make you want to spew yeah I mean I've been sick on the way to the gym multiple times taking supplements on an empty stomach it's not a good idea oh god not fish great. oil oh you don't want to take fish oil and even then just burp Oh, oh it's so vile um anything else on the live no we're good okay Catherine we really are getting through the questions now do you remember last round we actually did the last question on the last live and we were like how apt okay yeah. Catherine Hurst hi Clemmer I'm Hi. doing the four gym workouts and I would also really like to be able to do a pull-up, just one with good form. It's a personal goal. I have a pull-up bar at home and resistance bands. Is there anything in particular to help me get there other than just to keep practicing? Are there recommended reps or sets today? Should I always try to go to failure? Sorry if this is a stupid question or has been asked before. Also, I'm loving the EC method, especially the workouts and the fact that you're both so approachable and you make it feel so, so personal despite being such a large group huge thank you to you both for all your hard work it's very much appreciated thank you Catherine Aww, I actually exactly what we wanted to create it is I'm gonna let Emma answer that because she has a she's written something on this recently yeah okay so um I'm pretty sure it's on the website but if it's not just just post a post in the group and tag me because I wrote a whole program for people getting their first pull-ups which I will share with you yeah okay fine okay also oh no, just one of the girls today was like, um, oh, Emma replied to this, Chloe, but you didn't. And it was like quite a coaching post. Like I need to, and Emma had written quite a substantial coaching answer. And I have to say this in every round. If I see Emma has responded to you and she does it very quickly. So this does happen often with some real coaching pointers and like what she thinks you should do. I won't jump in unless you do what this girl did. Tag me again and be like, I'd quite like to hear your opinion too. Fine. But generally speaking, if, if she's done it, I don't have anything to add. So, yeah. yeah, and likewise, 
yeah like normally I'm just like yeah I think the same as Chloe or I just don't say anything because there's nothing to add yeah but the reason we coach together as well is because you'll get the same response from both of us because it's like yeah basically we're on this and we have like exactly the same coaching ideologies exactly like everything's the same like there's only like a few specialist things where I would probably be like oh I refer to Emma or Emma might say to me Chloe I'd like to know what you think about that too generally speaking we're, the, we're all the same <laughs> yeah um Can Chan question it's my birthday in January and I would like to invite you all to my house for a lovely meal no I made that bit up <laughs> I was like <laughs> good luck <laughs> She says, I'd like to be, I'd like to be an amazing dress. She'd like to be an amazing dress. I'm assuming, oh no, wait, she did say in. She'd like to be in an amazing dress. Is it worth staying in maintenance over Christmas and then coming into a small deficit in January? Yeah, if you want. I mean, I wouldn't, yeah. Yeah, if you want. It's up to you. Yeah. You look great ready. Every post you post. You look fucking banging. I don't think you need to diet but if you get to January and you're like do you know what I was at maintenance at Christmas but hey maybe I had a little you know a couple of extra calories just a few and then I want to tighten things up in January that's totally fine sure (laughs) it doesn't have to be again we speak about this quite a lot like it doesn't have to be this big yo-yo thing of like I'm on the diet I'm off the diet it can just be yeah do you know what there were a lot of nights out in January I mean in December I had a big Christmas dinner. It lasted a couple of days, like the overeating a little bit. Not overeating as such, but just eating more than the calories that I require to maintain my body weight. And now I'm going to tighten it up for a couple of weeks. That's fine. We, we have to always like, just check Have everything, yeah. Make sure that we're not offending anyone. <laughs> when I say overeating, I don't mean clinical binge eating. I just mean you were eating slightly more energy than you've expended that day. Oh my God, don't. There is no fucking context. There's no middle ground. Lost lost sight of reality and normality. Basically, Um, what we're saying is you can eat more at Christmas and then you need to starve yourself in January. (laughs) The guilt and shame. Ah, guilt and shame. Hate yourself change, it works. (laughs) Oh, no question on this live it's the first just want to say thank you for all the mental support i've had on this journey so far clearly need far more than i thought i realized that's partly why you've got us though so much of it is just reassurance just making sure that you you know when you're questioning yourself which you do a lot we all do i don't mean you holly (laughs) i just mean in general we all do having someone who you know or two people that you know have got your back and want the best for you that's priceless like that's that's like half of what you're getting from coaching yeah I agree and Emma and I feel the same way with the EC method and I think we learned that very quickly with the lockdown situation but like you guys are good for us as well mentally like not only professionally which obviously is a huge element of it we learn so much with every round and every client but personally like well I've 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 struck up bonds and friendships with so many of you I met up with one of my clients Natalie in Dubai who's amazing like and I yeah I fully intend on yeah on staying in contact with so many of you like it's wonderful it's a wonderful group it is it truly is and I think it definitely helped both of us through lockdown for sure it massively helped me through my back saga Saga. (laughs) thank you guys as well for the amazing support okay and do you know what I will say this 
intake and sometimes we say this although I would say last intake there was a bit of neggy vibes floating around but this intake has just been like insanely positive even when people are struggling they're like I'm just looking for some support so I can get myself back on track because I'm loving this it's just that this week has been like a little bit harder than the weeks before and you're always looking for solutions and you're always approaching it with like a positive can-do attitude and it's just like it's contagious and I think that's the reason people are getting such good results this round it's brilliant and we're very lucky like we've heard stories from a lot of our clients who are currently even on the easy method who've come in from other coaching platforms and it sounds horrific and it's not what we want it's not what we promote and we have such a good vibe here and yeah like usually when we do get a neggy vibe they have come in from somewhere else and it doesn't quite work come in they brought their neggy vibes and we're like not here babe not here and you know what is quite impressive and I always find really funny is like if someone is quite new and they're negative all of the grads are kind of like (laughs) okay okay this isn't what happens here like it's just not and that's like that's what's so important about like setting good social norms and that's why we're so lucky that the grads are so amazing and like the start of each round it's like this is the norm we expect we share positivity that's not saying it's toxic positivity that's not saying you can't say you're struggling but we don't do the neggy vibes here they're not welcome and do you remember every time we get a neggy client <laughs> they always have this like big neggy explosion and don't tag emma and i because like they know so then the grads tag us and we have to be like oh fucking we go like wading in <laughs> okay so listen <laughs> so listen that isn't what we do here um anyway liz a lot of us are really tired at the moment and i think it's it's a life thing as all of my friends are saying the same Maybe it's the change of clock slash dark weather slash winter. Is there anything you'd recommend to feel less crappy? Supplements, food, any mental exercises? What do you both do when you feel weighed down by exhaustion? Good question, Liz. Yeah, great question. Um, it is absolutely. It's. A, I think it's an amalgamation of things. I think it's obviously every time it starts getting dark outside, every time the weather starts getting colder, this is what happens. You know, it's very human and very normal. Um, in terms of supplementation, vitamin D, get a high dosage vitamin D, um, hugely beneficial throughout the year, because, you know, even if you're outside in the sunlight, like it's still something you should be supplementing, Um, but especially at winter, um, you can look at um, those, uh, those, what are are those lamps called that you can get in? They're like sad lamps and they're nice to, yeah, they're nice to put on like uh, at certain times of day like in early in the morning or kind of late in the afternoon when it's starting to get dark but you're still you know you should still technically be kind of it's your daylight hours it's your it's your um uh wake cycle um it's bad isn't it like how much like that one it impacts your mood and just generally less productive like I remember coming back in Scotland and I guess we're a little bit further north so we get longer days but also shorter days as well so like in the summer it was like not getting dark until like 10 p.m it was actually quite negatively affecting me because I was like I can't go to sleep like it's still the daytime so I just like work a hell of a lot but when I go back it will be dark by like half four five and you think like in your head you're like well that's the end of the day and naturally there's still like yeah a lot of day left just no light I know it really does and yeah, it's, 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 um, that those are, those are kind of supplementation, like lifestyle. Is this what biohacking is? Mm, I guess I'm like, 
you could branch right. under that kind of that might be things like if you were biohacking you might be like yeah just wake up shine I don't know ultraviolet light in your face and then don't drink any coffee but get into a cold shower and then exactly 48 minutes after you've woken up drink coffee and yeah. you know like it's just like quite like yeah. bitty and a little bit like anal fuck that. yeah fuck that um I, I would also say, yeah, you know, the things that, that are going to start in the morning, you know, starting up your, your metabolism going, maybe starting your day by having breakfast, being aware of light, sunlight, caffeine. Um, and then, yeah, I, th there's a few things you can do, but it also it's part and parcel of just like, this is just what happens at this time of year. And yeah. Yeah. And, and I think like it being cold, is hard as well I say sitting I know that like I'm very unrelatable at the moment like sitting in a sports bar but it, it being cold just makes you more tired generally and not want to go out as much and like I think if there's anything that impacts my motivation it's being cold I'm like I don't want to go to the gym it's cold I don't want to leave the house it's cold like that's quite a hard thing so yeah I think all of these things combined and then just like it's fatiguing to be cold all day as well and then you're probably burning like just slightly more energy keeping warm so all of these things kind of add up um as Chloe's saying a little bit of supplement with vitamin d and some positivity uh okay people are talking about a night out just putting it on there just putting it out there no, guys, honestly, I'll, I'll, I'll never have a client again. We <laughs> <laughs> cancelled. Actually, you know what? No, I'm, I, I'm a bit chewy, but only with men. I'm fine with women. And like, it's just, I, I promise I, I will be. No, I'm joking. I will. You're my best behavior. <laughs> when I get drunk, I literally am like so chewy about men. And if I'm like on a girl's night and any man comes anywhere near us, I like kick off. It's a bit weird. Wait, you're so chewy. <laughs> Yeah, like I've got proper attitude with guys. Oh, I don't, I've never heard that before. Fuck off! <laughs> My friend's like, whoa, 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 relax. Someone comes up and like taps Chloe on the shoulder and be like, oh, you've dropped your purse. You're like, I've got a husband, leave me alone. <laughs> no fucking touching. It's so weird. I do, I get really chewy, but only with me. Okay. Um, uh, Lisa, the support available from you guys and all of the people at the EC Method has been so fab. I'm a first timer and it's, I've been so pleased with my experience. I have learned so much in a short period of time. Yay, we love that. Because we know the grads love us. Yeah. <laughs> we know we've got them in the bank, but I love, I love it when people who are new are like, wow, this place is wicked. I love that. Me too. And I think the grads do such a good job of creating that environment, but also not making it cliquey at all. They're not like, hmm, we've been here longer, so we know what we're doing. They're like, oh my God, I remember when I started and this is what I needed to know. And it's so exciting that you're here and don't worry about these things and trust us, you're in really good hands. Yeah. Oh, it's just, it's golden. We love you guys. Do you remember in the very beginning, we had some real pushback from grads with newbies and we were like, no, no, no. Yeah. All inclusive. I remember that back in the day, EC method two slash three. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Sam, I live in Finland heading into my first winter. They call it November, the month of the dead, only five hours of daylight. Yeah. Yeah, that it's, uh, it's uh, like uh, it, the whole Scandinavia, like suicide rate 
daylight thing is quite something. Um, so make sure you take care of that noggin. And it's good that you're here. You've got us. But some people love it. I mean, I'm fine with shorter days. And I mean, I'm I'm fine with it. But my mum gets really depressed, like in the autumn. Like this one's spending so much time as well at home at the moment. Um, just to keep her company and pep her up. But she hates it. <laughs> I think it sometimes it can be really nice just to get you know get inside get cozy change things up a little bit like having the extremes is nice my dad was saying I think he was off maybe Denmark or anyway it was somewhere very north and he like he's a marine biologist so he was on a boat and he said it was dark the whole time and you didn't know what day it was ever like mm-hmm. unless you well obviously you can look at your watch but like there was no sun coming up and sun going down. Like it, it just stayed up. Like that. That's like that. as hell. Yeah. That's that is too much. Um, any tips to replace walking in the winter? Don't feel safe walking in, in the dark. Didn't you do this? Um, no, but I did do like a call. Hello, Bertie. I did do like a call to action with our clients. Um, if you're in a gym just do I always say to clients like 10 to 20 minutes of incline treadmill after your workout see how your steps are and if you need to increase it do um if you're at home maybe purchase a cheap treadmill that you can get really cheap ones that you can just walk on at like a really tiny incline at like a a kind of good goodish pace or just really making the effort to get up and move like around in the day it's like that's all that matters um I I I I I feel bad because it comes so naturally to me. Like I can't sit down. Yeah, I have to get up. I'll get up, I'll make a cup of tea or I'll just go do a chore. I'll do something like, but I know some people really have to action that and and so do. Yeah. So there's a couple of things that like a lot of people did in lockdown were like these YouTube stepping workouts and stuff, which are pretty good just to get you up, get you going. Um, Emma's just asked about treadmills there's one that can be stored under a sofa yeah you can get walking pads which essentially are like treadmills without like the barriers so they take up less space so any of those kind of things are absolutely fine but you don't need a treadmill you can like march on the spot to these YouTube things if if that's how you get your steps in but yeah certainly if you don't feel safe please do not go outside um, no, I don't, it's not even if you do or don't feel safe no I don't want any of you guys no women I don't care if you have a dog I don't care unless you are with a fully grown male I do not want you walking outside in the dark period it's it's not it's not do I feel safe it's okay I have a dog no the answer is no I no. <laughs> okay you heard it here first no um Friday night lives a super chilled and chatty vibe I love it it's nice isn't it Friday Night Live, oh my god, it's a Friday, it's Friday Night Lights, it's like one of my favourite films. Oh my god, so I've actually seen that. Ah, I I know, and do you know what else, have you ever watched Friday Night Lights, the series? Yeah, I watched the first episode and I was like, it's pants compared to the the film, so I can't do it, but now I quite regret it, because I think I should. It's quite sad. Well, Friday Night Lights is sad. Yeah, I know. Any American sports film, any, I'm in, I'm in. And I've never displayed everything from Jerry Maguire, Moneyball, Friday Night Lights. Yes, yes, yes. Me too. Even though I have no interest in like American football or anything. I always just find it amazing how obsessed they are with like high, it's like high school football. Oh my God. Yeah, no, varsity. It's, so you know that Denver, there's this tiny town in Denver 
And on, um, is it Sunday night or Monday night? Sunday night or Monday night? Um, they have like a, var they do varsity football and it becomes the most populated, um, uh, it becomes the most populated, it's not city because Denver is a city. It becomes the most popula populated place in Colorado for that one night. It's nuts. Like it's insane how much they fucking love it. And, um, and as well, like when you're, when you're in America and you're like, I'll just go to some like whatever event that's like just randomly on and it's like it's like it's the freaking Olympics like it had a we just went to whatever baseball thing was on that weekend like I'm pretty sure it was like a league type thing it was nothing special and I went to the Olympics in 2012 uh, 20 yeah 2012 yeah yeah it had a way better atmosphere than that and it was just like a random evening just outside New York like it's it's so much better sport wise they, they love their sport they've got so much more money but they, they're such a bigger bigger country they have more money to do everything like that although actually you know like half of America is below the poverty line and like if you go to certain and places, also the Olympics I know. it's like it's mental isn't it but hey oh um, okay anything else in the live um just people talking about Friday Night Lights so that's fine maybe we should all watch it Maybe as a side of EC method, we should do like a book club or a film club and we can finally educate Emma. Okay, yeah, we could. I mean, we can have like one a month though, not one a week. That makes sense. Yeah, like, don't make me watch a film every week. I'm like, I literally watch a film every night. Um, okay, right. Should we do one last question and then call well, it? Yeah, one question. Because I have spag bowl cooking. Again, just another myth buster. It's spag bowl, abbreviated from bolognese, not bowl. Just, this is a common problem that I face in life. Just want to put it out there. Wait, so Amelia and I have had the exact same meal every night for about four nights now because it's so unbelievably good. And what it's so we we walked past one day this Venezuelan place and it's like a takeaway. And I was like, oh, that looks quite nice. Like if we wanted something like just quick one night. And we went like, I don't know, it must've been like Monday night and it was just like unbelievably good. We've been every single night and got exactly the same thing. And it's what like it? this like plantain bat thing that's like fried plantain and cheese. And I'm like, I, I was like, I don't know how long it's going to take to keep eating like this and then like not put on quite a lot of fat, but I'm waiting, so I'm waiting to see. You, you guys walk around, you're active every day. You go to the beach, you swim, you train. You're still talking about a bat with cheese. You can, your body can handle it. And also especially if you're just doing like one a day it's not like you know every meal yeah, it's one a day but then we have like a lot of other stuff with not just not just the bat with cheese yeah but you do not want to come back from this adventure and be like oh I really wanted to try that but I didn't because I was like fuck that noise and your expenditure is great You'll and also fine. when I come back there will be no plantain bats so no. it'll be fine there's a there's a, a, a Jamaican um a cafe um called cottons in in north london like literally it's just in the middle of a high street and they do the most incredible like fried plantain breakfast sandwiches That's and like is, yeah and they do like um they also do refried beans with like you get like a full english like but it's like a full jamaican merged with the full english with the, these like piles of refried beans oh my god that starch is like whoa, but it's amazing <laughs> I honestly don't think I've ever tried anything as good as, as fried plantain. It's so fucking good. Oh, in Fiji, they fry coconut and then they drizzle it in sweet chili oil and it's the fucking tits. That sounds good. 
really good. Right, okay. last question. I'm going to wee myself. Okay, fine. Becky Lamley. Did I just no? Hi, Glamour. A quick question while I can't get to sleep. You talk about hunger levels around normal eating times, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and how you sometimes don't feel hungry anymore if you go past this time without eating. Is there something similar with sleep? I'm always tired when I get home from work up until around 9 p.m. However, if I go past this time, I can easily find myself wide awake until gone midnight. I'm sure it's more to do with how much I've got wiring around my brain. Maybe it's the energy kicking in from my dinner, but it is such a pain. Thank you for your support. Love you both. Um, so re-sleep, sleep is largely genetic um, in terms of when you when your sleep-wake cycle naturally occurs. And then, of course, with lifestyle factors, you can manipulate that, as we all know. Um, however, it sounds to me, Becky, like you're coming home from work and you've got some real like brain fatigue and some real brain fog from working all day. And that actually once you decompress and you relax and yes, you eat some food, which of course is gonna spike your energy levels and you catch your breath, you actually just come back to, yeah, a, a, a more feeling more awake. Um, and that's ex exceptionally normal. Uh, that would be my take on it, Emma. Yeah, it's a really interesting question. Like it's very observant. And I think I like everyone listening is probably like, oh my God, yeah, the exact same thing happens to me. Like it'll be maybe like 7, 8 p.m. And you're like, I'm so tired. I could just fall asleep on the couch. And then you get yourself up and go to bed. And it's like, you're wide awake at 10 p.m. lying in bed. Yeah. Like I don't know if there's an exact reason for it. It's not the same reason as um, the hunger thing because that's related to ghrelin levels. But yeah I it's probably like Chloe's saying um yeah it, it definitely is because yeah melatonin when melatonin starts to kick in it starts to kick in and and you're off it's not like ghrelin like as Emma's saying which is um indicative typically of like a like a body like a pattern um okay right so we're gonna go we will see you all on monday at midday everybody have a lovely weekend and oh monday at no 1 p.m sorry have a lovely weekend and emma photo send me photos of food please okay well love you all okay, love you. bye oh wait <laughs>